Hello, and welcome to another message from Aldinga Bay Baptist Church. If you'd like to find out more about us or what we believe, please visit aldingabaybaptist.org.au. And uh, I love the intrigue around that. Like they, they sort of, what is that? You know, you can see the mind ticking over. It's, it's just a great thing. And I thought, what do I like? Why do I like that so much? Well, I reckon it probably goes back to my childhood because I think when I was a kid, I don't know if it was like this for you, but when I was a kid, mum and dad wrap up the presents, a few days out, put them under the tree. And in our family, we were allowed to pick them up and sort of squeeze them and, and, have, and rattle them and see you know, if we could work out what it was. And, and, uh, but mum and dad were pretty tricky. They wouldn't, they sort of be a bit stealth-like. So if you're getting a bike, they wouldn't put a bike under the tree. They'd put a you know, bike tube under the tree or something like that. And I remember sort of thinking, is this the main present? Yeah, that's the main present, Andrew. And, and um, you knew what you hoped it would be, but it sort of didn't feel like that's what it was. But on Christmas Day, when you opened it up, and it was a bike tube. You sort of worked out straight away, that's a bike. And uh, it was just joy. It was, it was great. And I think, oh, that's probably why I like this sort of sneaking up on people type of thing around Christmas. Because, because when it comes to giving presents anyway, why do, we, why do we do that? Well, probably because we want those that we love the most to know that they are loved. And that's why we do that type of thing. Which really brings us to where we're going tonight because uh, Christmas is a special time because it's the birth of Jesus. But more than that, Christmas is a special time because the God that we read about in the Bible is a God who loves us. And that's really important. He's a God who loves us. And so the great question really is, how does God show us his love for us at Christmas time? Well, you can answer that with uh, probably... A lot of different answers around the same thing with with the birth of Jesus, but just two thoughts tonight. Um, One, God shows his love for us in that he cares for ordinary people. And then secondly, God is desiring to bring glory into the lives of ordinary people. So I reckon I've got about 15 minutes tops tonight, and uh, we just want to just briefly talk about that, set the scene this Christmas So we've had two Bible readings, and I want to just reflect on those texts tonight. It's really just one text, isn't it? The the birth of Jesus, the shepherds. But really, it starts off with the elite. Uh, I think the word is Quirinius, uh, Sue, uh, when Quirinius was governor of Syria and, and Caesar Augustus, you know, ruled over the land. Those names were big names in the ancient world particularly Caesar Augustus. He doesn't get any bigger than that. He is the king that rules over everything. But really, when you read through the Christmas narrative, it's interesting, isn't it? They hardly get a mention other than that. But the people that are in view there are Joseph, a common carpenter, and his fiancée, Mary, who is heavily pregnant, and they have to make their way from Nazareth in the north Bethlehem in the south, which is over 100 kilometres, and she's heavily pregnant. It's not the time, as Lou pointed out, to do something like that. Uh, But they have to do that. And then they arrive, and there's no room for them to stay anywhere. And so they have to stay in a stable. And it seems to me, it doesn't actually say in the text, but I reckon there's probably quite a few people staying in that stable. Because there's a lot of people that are having to go and do the census, return to their home of ancestral birth. So it's probably not just Mary and Joseph. There's all the animals and probably a few other families hanging out there as well. There's, you know, where's the privacy? 
And she has to give birth and she does give birth to her firstborn son in that place. And then the baby is lied in a feed trough. It really is a story of ordinary people. And then it goes on and it continues to be a story of ordinary people, doesn't it? Because the very first people that get the announcement that the son of God, so this is just the opposite end of the story, isn't it? The son of God has come into the world. The very first people to get the announcement are shepherds. So working class, nobodies, if you like. Average, ordinary people. And it's to them that the angel comes and tells them that Christ has been born. So I don't want that point to be lost on us. It's a really simple point. But God loves ordinary people. God's not impressed by how big we are, how powerful or how smart we are. It's kind of a ludicrous idea that he would be because he's God. He made everything. You know, he's, he's never impressed by any of us. But he loves us all the same. He loves ordinary people. So much, he loves them so much because they are the Imago Dei, every one of us. We are the image bearers. He made us for a relationship with him. He made us special. So that's a really good, good point. First point, lock it away. If you're an ordinary, ordinary person, it really is good news. And good news is we all are. Secondly, uh, God came to show glory to ordinary people. And that's really how the story goes. The Christmas story is an amazing story. Buy into that. It's an incredible story, isn't it? It's a story where God wants to bring something great into our lives. And in the Christmas story, it comes in three things, really. And what are they? They are three of the big things we celebrate at Christmas time. They are peace, hope, and joy. That's what Jesus came to bring. That's what the Christmas story is about. And so glory is found in those three things, peace, hope, and joy. And I just want to talk about one of them tonight, and that is the subject of peace. Just for a few minutes, I want to think about that. Because that's really what the angels sing. You know, they get a song, and their song is, glory to God in the highest, and peace amongst those to whom he is pleased. Or to put it in the most common way, peace on earth. You know, peace on earth. Goodwill to all men. That's how we normally hear it. So peace is an interesting thought, isn't it? I don't know, when we think about peace and this promise of peace which Jesus gives at Christmas time, I think to myself, it's been 2,000 years and a little bit more actually now, and this world doesn't seem to have ever had peace. 2021 has been a year just like every other year. Some of the most heart-wrenching scenes that I've ever seen in my life, in fact, have been seen in 2021, as I think back to Afghanistan and those planes leaving. It's like, it's heart-wrenching. Where is the peace on earth that the angels proclaimed at the birth of Jesus? I reckon that's a good question. You know, how are we supposed to understand that? Did Jesus really deliver peace? How are we supposed to think about that? Or is it just a really nice Christmas carol, a nice thought? Well, I think we have to think carefully about it because it's interesting. Yes, the angels proclaim that Jesus is going to bring peace. God's going to bring peace on earth through Jesus. But we have to make sure we understand it properly because when I read through the Bible and I actually read the words of Jesus, Jesus actually counters that a little bit. So we've sort of got to nuance it and balance it together. Because what does Jesus say? You know, if you're familiar with this passage called the Olivet Discourse, Jesus stands there and he says, into this world is going to come trouble. There's going to be wars and there's going to be rumours of wars. There's going to be famine. There's going to be earthquakes. There is going to be trouble. 
So on one hand, we get this declaration there's going to be peace, but on the other hand, we get told by Jesus that this world is not going to be very peaceful at all. And that's certainly true. So what are we supposed to make of it? That's the question. How are we supposed to understand that? Well, probably a couple of ways. One, in the, I suppose, in the ultimate sense, uh, Jesus will come again and he will bring peace and all will be as it should be. That's the great hope of Christianity. But it's also seen in another way. And this is what I want us to think about tonight. The peace that Jesus offers, the peace that was sung about, is a peace that is offered to individuals today. It's a peace that's offered to the ones and to the tens and to the one thousands and to the one millions, whoever it is, no matter who they might be, if they look to Jesus, he is offering peace to them. He's offering peace to you. I reckon that's, I reckon that's one of the greatest things because I look at my own life and I think the very thing that I want in my life is peace. You know, and yet one of the things that's so often lacking in my life is just that, is peace. So many times it just it's, it evaporates because it might be broken relationships. There might have been people or there are people I think of that I was once close to that really enjoyed their company and yet that relationship is not what it should be. So that just robs me of peace. Or maybe, you know, maybe it's a decision that you made years ago and you just, it haunts you. You think, oh, I wish I didn't do that. I wish I had thought about that a little bit more because it's just followed me for the rest of my life and it just continues to haunt me. Or another big thing at the moment, lack of peace, would be all that's going on in the world. You know, what's tomorrow going to bring? And people are really apprehensive. So this promise of peace is something that is very, very good because it's what I want, but it's often what I lack. And, and I reckon that's probably true for you. I, I thought I'm pretty confident that I'll be speaking to people tonight because if it's true of me, I'm sure it's true of you. Yet Jesus offers just that, but it's so often missing. But then as I was thinking about it this week, I thought, you know, the fact that it's missing, if you like, is a bit of a gift in itself, if you at least accept it. You know, if you try and pretend that you've got peace when you don't. It's not a gift. But if you actually admit it and accept it and you say, you know what, I don't have peace, it's a gift. Because what it does, if you'll, if you'll let it, is it will cause you to say, maybe I'm not enough. Maybe I can't fix this. Just maybe I need some help from somebody else. And that's exactly what Jesus is offering. That is exactly the gospel. How do I find peace? Well, I need to hear the gospel for the first time. I also need to hear it for the second time. And I need to hear it for the 100th time. I need to hear it for the 1,000th time. And I need to bring myself back to it and say, ah, that's right. That's who Jesus was, is, and what he's offering. Because the gospel is the thing that brings peace into our lives. And what's the gospel? It's the idea that God made you an ordinary person. And he made you, that he, but he loves you. And he, he, um, he made you for a relationship with him. So this is the beautiful thing about the Christian message is that God is the source of all life. He's the ultimate person. And we find life in him. He made us for that. But what did we do? Our ancestors walked away from the table. And what do we do? We continue to walk away from the table as well. We walk away from God and we want to go our own way. We always go our own way. 
We always do. I do, every one of us. And God's angry with us for that because it makes the world a broken place. We're broken people and we live in a broken world and there's no denying that. Hard-pressed to find anybody that wouldn't say that. And God is angry with us for that. But ultimately, he loves us. And so Jesus, the Son of God, comes into the world at Christmas time. That's a pretty amazing story, isn't it? It's almost unbelievable. In fact, it would be unbelievable, apart from one thing, that God is God and he can do whatever he likes. He is not restricted by time and space and the normal events that restrain every one of us. No, God's not bound by that. He sends his son into the world, the second person of the Trinity, and he comes and he goes to the cross at Easter time intentionally to die there for you. He takes your punishment for your sin and your brokenness, and then he's raised victorious on the third day. And what he does, as we say so often all Dinga Bay, he brings victory. He overcomes our great enemies, which is sin and death and all of its friends. He has beaten that, and he's offering us relationship. Sometimes I wonder whether the, the cross of Jesus and that whole thing makes sense to people, when, and maybe it doesn't straight away, but let me just put it this way. What Jesus' death means for us is that we can be accepted by God. No matter how much of a failure you might be, no matter what things that haunt you, God says, if you look to Jesus, you are accepted just as you are, and I'll never let you go. And you are forgiven for all of the stuff that you've messed up with. In fact, not only are you forgiven, but the promise of the gospel, which I really love, it helps me to have peace, is that he promises to redeem those things and do something beautiful with them in spite of all of that. Redeem it. He forgives us. He gives us the ability to forgive others because we are accepted by God and loved no matter what we have done. And I think, oh, that's good because I actually can forgive somebody else because they might have hurt me, but if God's done that for me, then I don't really need to hold on to those things. I can move on. God redeems things. He gives me the ability to forgive and he promises me more than life in this world. But there is the afterlife. So that's the gospel. And I'd have to say, in all honesty, it really does bring me peace. It's changed my life because I hear that and I come back to it and I lack peace sometimes. I think, no, what do I need to do? I need to hear the gospel. I need to buy into it. I need to bow my knee to this Jesus that came at Easter, at Christmas time because he is that great. So really, how does God show his love for us? He shows his love for us by coming to ordinary people. It's really the narrative of the Christmas message, ordinary people. And he says to you, ordinary people, there is glory because you can find the very thing that you're looking for in Jesus. That's great news. And we want to leave that with you tonight. 